0: celebrating Palm Sunday today. Now there are churches that'll even do demonstrations. There's many that'll break out palm branches today on this particular Sunday. They'll wave palm branches in in the air as a commemoration of what's happening today. Matter of fact, I think it's very interesting. The Catholic Church um, will do a Palm Sunday Mass all day today, and then they will take the palm branches and they will burn them together. And then those ashes will be the supply of ashes for next year's Ash Wednesday. And that's the way they they do that in commemoration of of all of this time of the year. This. Kind of the end of Lent right now for for many um, in the Orthodox Church, celebrating Palm Sunday. For a lot of people, they think, "Well, what is Palm Sunday all about?" I mean, the tradition of Palm Sunday with those particular items that I've already discussed. What is Palm Sunday about? Well, it is the day that the Church recognizes the beginning of the Week of Passion for the Christ that. That today marks that day where Jesus rode into Jerusalem in this, what is commonly referred to as the triumphal entry of Christ into Jerusalem. And in that triumphal entry, there were people who, for whatever reason, received some measure of revelation concerning the Christ. And, and they, they began to herald his arrival into the city. Began to shout this word Hosanna. We sang a song by that title today, this word Hosanna. They began to shout this word and proclaim the arrival of Jesus into the city of Jerusalem. The interesting thing for us who know the history is that Jesus rides into Jerusalem in this triumphal fashion, but yet he knows and only he knows what is about to transpire in his life. Matter of fact, this will not be an easy week for Jesus. Oh, it begins with the celebration, Palm Sunday. They waved palm branches in the sky and they laid their coats out for, for him to ride over on the donkey in the colt that they had secured for his arrival. And, and he comes in with all of this all of this fervor and all of this excitement but yet this week would not end so exciting for him. Matter of fact in just a few days Jesus would be arrested and then beaten. He would be crucified on a cross. It would be a very difficult week. From this would be the week that Jesus prayed to the Father if it be thy will let this cup pass from me but if not, not my will, but thy will be done. This would be the week that Jesus would stand before the rulers of the Jewish people and a ruler from the Roman Empire, Pontius Pilate. This would be that week. This would be that week where blood would be spilled and where Jesus would die a very cruel death on the cross. But this would also be the week that Jesus resurrected. See, just a few days from now, Jesus would have died, and then Jesus would have resurrected. So the week begins with a celebration, Palm Sunday, and it ends with a celebration, Easter Sunday. It it, it begins with this heralding moment of the power and the glory of Jesus riding in Jerusalem. Let's let's look at it real quick from Scripture in Matthew chapter 21, verse 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. We stop and say that Jesus had told them, listen, I want you to go and I want you at a certain spot, you'll find a, a, a donkey tied to a tree and beside that, that donkey would, will be a colt, uh, just a foal, and, and I want you to bring those two animals to me to, to ride into Jerusalem on. And then he said, if the one who owns these animals says to you, why are you stealing my donkeys? Uh, you are to refer to back to them and say the master has need of them and, and they will let you come forthwith. They will know that we are not stealing them. We are borrowing them for a moment. This is very interesting. When you read about Jesus throughout the gospels, you'll discover that he did not ride on animals. We, we don't see him uh, traversing from town to town in Galilee on the back of a horse or in the in the in a chariot or or riding in this instance upon a mule we don't we don't see Jesus riding on donkeys we are camels we we see Jesus walking everywhere he goes but yet in this particular moment there is this significance and he says go get these donkeys I need to ride them I'm sure the disciples were. Puzzled at this, but then let's continue in the story. They brought the donkey and the coat and a colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. All of this was done as a prophetic fulfillment of something that Zechariah had said Hundreds of years before in Zechariah nine nine. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem, see your king comes to you righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Huh? Your king. Your king rides triumphantly among you, O Jerusalem. But he doesn't come like you expected him to come. Oh, if he were a king, for surely he would be on a a stallion, a great steed. Perhaps even uh, in a chariot. But this king comes lowly, lowly, humbly. He doesn't ride in with a puffed out chest beating Saying, look at me, look at how victorious I am. No, Jesus, their king, rides in, in a very humble fashion. He doesn't take the Lamborghini. He rides in, in the Volkswagen. This isn't the picture of the Messiah that the people had convinced themselves of oh they've been talking about the Messiah for hundreds of years and their idea of the Messiah had forgotten these verses that talk about lowly lowly they were disgusted at Jesus because Jesus did not come the way they thought the Messiah would come Oh, he fulfilled all of these prophecies. Every prophecy concerning the Messiah was fulfilled in three and a half years of a life. Ministry among them blatantly. His birth heralded prophetic fulfillment. They accepted none of it because Jesus did not walk among them as they perceived he would. Oh, when Messiah comes, there will be a great conquest. Oh, when Messiah comes, there will be an overthrow of the Roman Empire. Jesus didn't even worry about the Roman Empire. matter of fact, they tried to to back him in a corner at one place, and he said, why don't you render under Caesar what is Caesar's? It's none of my business. Just take him his tax money. It's none of my business. I'm not here to overthrow Caesar. Oh, wait a minute. But I thought the Messiah would come to bring us back to political prominence and I thought there was a political agenda behind the Messiah but yet Jesus showed them that it wasn't about that. And he rode in, this triumphal entry, he rode in to Jerusalem lowly. Your king, your king comes. Can't you see him? Can't you see who he is? Don't you remember what he did? Oh yes, they did just for a moment. Because as he is riding in in this triumphal entry, they began to say this word. Hosanna! Hosanna. What does this word mean? Well, to us... The most clear translation of this word would be save now. Save now. As you exclaim, Hosanna, there is this save now coming from your voice. That, Here is the one who can deliver us. Here is the one who can set us free. Here is the one who has come to liberate the people. Save now, O you who ride lowly on the donkey. Let us lay our coats down before you that that the donkey's hooves would not touch the dirt. No, we will extol you. We will exclaim victory for you. We will exalt you, O one who rides in lowly. Save. Now. But yet, the salvation that Jesus brought was not the salvation that they had conceived of. See, these people were joyfully welcoming the healer, they were joyfully welcoming this one who miraculously fed multitudes on the hillsides. It is even said that because the Jewish people at this particular moment were gathering in Jerusalem for the feast called Passover, a very important festival in the Jewish tradition, and, and, and people would, would flock from the countryside, and, and many would travel even from foreign lands, and they would, they would converge on Jerusalem for this for this feast of passover and it's it's very it's very well thought of that that the Jews that had lived in Galilee who had just witnessed Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead were running through the streets of Jerusalem heralding not only this one that can heal but who can actually Deliver someone from death. Who could raise the dead? This is a powerful man. This is a man that must be heralded in these crowds gathered together. And many scholars believed that they gathered so enthusiastically because of this testimony of the Lazarus raising from the dead scenario that had just Taken place among them and they were crying save now if you can do this hosanna if you can do that you can you can do so much more and we believe in you and we cry out save now so what does that have to do with us Every one of us in our lives need a triumphal entry of Christ. And not just just once. But let me talk in that initial conversion, in that initial point of salvation. There's this moment in our lives where we need Jesus to save us now. We cry, Hosanna. Oh, we may not say the word Hosanna, but our heart is crying out for salvation. Our heart is recognizing that the salvation that comes by Christ is an eternal salvation that Jesus Christ went to the cross and he, he died on that cross defeating death at its own game. He rose on that third day, came out victorious so that you and I can cry, save now. And that he is faithful to step into our lives and do that that he is faithful not some twisting of the arm or some hard thing to do matter of fact romans describes it well in in chapter 10 verse 8 but what does it say the word is near you it is in your mouth and in your heart that is the message concerning faith that we proclaim if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you will have this triumphal moment in your life where you cry out, save now. Hosanna. Save now. This word declares that by that confession and by that, by that believing That we will be saved. Then it says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. <sighs> Hosanna. Hosanna. Save now. And what a gift that is in our lives. What a gift it is to realize that it's not difficult, it's not Pulling and straining, I've seen that in my life in in religious scenarios where, where, where people felt like they had to sweat and just about had to bleed and plead for salvation in their life. And, and how easy it truly is to just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Christ can ride triumphantly into my life right now and can save now that he can be my hosanna that i don't have to live my entire life wondering if i'm saved i mean it's a tragedy it is such a tragedy for people who are even christian who are confessors of christ who have even gone to church who who i've talked to through the years and as they get older and and they know that their time is short here on this earth and they begin to say things like man i I hope I've got everything right between me and the Lord. Man, I hope everything's okay. Man, I, I hope there's not something in my life. And I, and I I I weep for those people in my spirit when I realize that they stand on such shaky ground that their faith isn't strong in their salvation. And can I say to us today that our faith can be strong in our salvation? And it's not this difficult pulling and pushing like, Oh, man, am I saved? Am I not saved Does Jesus love me? Does he not love me? Let me tell you, if nobody else has told you this week, let me tell you right now, Jesus loves you more than you will ever know. Jesus loves you more than you will ever know, even in those moments where you feel like you have failed, Jesus still loves you, and you can have a triumphal entry of Christ in your life. This moment where you can cry, Hosanna, save now. What a miraculous, what a miraculous moment that is. See, in closing, I I noticed something about this triumphal entry that I that I think it's important. It's so important for me anyway. A lot of times when we talk about Palm Sunday, we end with the palm branches. A lot of times when we read the story concerning the triumphal entry, we talk about him riding in triumphantly, him riding in triumphantly, him riding in triumphantly. And that's what we want to focus on is this triumphal entry. But, but then my, my mind begins to wonder, what happens next? Ever thought about that? Jesus is going to ride in triumphantly, but where did he ride to? The Bible says this in Matthew 21, verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The first thing that happens when Jesus enters Jerusalem is he goes to the temple and he, he throws some stuff out that doesn't need to be there. Think about it for a second. Here are the crowds The Bible says they were running in the streets of Jerusalem waving palm branches and the children even were running in the temple waving palm branches saying, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna! And in the midst of all of this, save now! Jesus climbs down off the donkey and he starts throwing out some things that need to go. You say, Pastor, why would he do that? Well, the best explanation for this moment where Jesus did this, the best explanation most scholars would agree on, is that these money changers were selling cheap sacrifices. Okay? They were selling cheap sacrifices. And the linchpin of the Jewish religion. The linchpin of relationship with God was that you look around your house and you pick the choice lamb or the choice dove. You look around, see what you've got. Bring the best you got when you come, when you come for Passover. Bring the best you got because God delivered you, He saved you, He he brought you out. So bring the best sacrifice you got. So that when you get here, you can offer it to God as thanksgiving. Okay? Well, these people had so cheapened the sacrificial system, had so strayed from the idea of relationship with God, they were so far removed from understanding what it was really all about that they would just leave their stuff at home and they would travel to Jerusalem for Passover and they would just go in there and they would just buy whatever they were selling. They, they listen to me, they, they went and set up a flea market, a sacrificial flea market. Think about this. They, they set up a sacrificial flea market in the temple for the people to buy something cheap, something that don't mean nothing to them. Hold oh, on, I'll just give you, let me give you 50 bucks here. Oh yeah, that'll work. And this is what you're going to offer God? You're going to offer God this cheap imitation. This is your sacrifice? Seriously? He said, you've made it a den of robbers. Who was getting stole from? God was. They were stealing God's worship. They were stealing God's worship. And when Jesus got there, the first thing he did was say, you know what, man, there's some stuff in here that's got to go. If we're going to have a save now moment... Maybe not eternally, but let's talk about your temporal circumstance and the triumphal entry that God needs to do in your life right now. Right now, circumstances in your life that that are driving you nuts. Right now, things going on in your life that you desperately need the hand of God to walk in and do something about. And let me tell you something. If you want to have a Hosanna moment, you've got to be willing to realize that the first thing Jesus is going to do when he gets there is he's going to start tossing out some things that need to go. What about that anger? Oh, but I like my anger. I got one or two people in my life that I like being angry at. Oh no, I'm not talking about for you. I'm talking about literally for me. There's one or two people in my life that I like to be angry at. They hurt me. What about that hurt? Can I hold on to that hurt and truly be delivered from that circumstance? Can, I, can am I going to spend the rest of my life in anger and hurt over, over what that person did well there's some of it I like to hold on to because I, I just like being mad at them I'm just serious boy you are real quiet but see when Jesus comes in in a Hosanna moment he says you know what that's got to go that's robbing you man that that, that that anger's robbing you of, of the peace I want to give to you in your life that that hurt that hurt that someone did to you so many years ago and you're still holding on to it like it happened to you yesterday I mean you know you know those you know those hurts you know what I'm talking about those things in your life that all somebody got to do is bring it up and you get all you get all I mean you might even say a four-letter curse word somebody bring their name up you like to do that. makes you feel good. When Jesus rides in in a triumphal entry, he might, he might have to turn that table over. He might say, you know what, that's robbing you. I've seen people that have been hurting family relationships and sever themselves from the family, and they don't have any of the blessing of the rest of the family. All because of one. You said, wait a minute, now that's hurting you. Okay, boys, quiet. Oh, my goodness, it's quiet in second church. That's a scary deal. And there's some things. What about that bitterness? There's some bitterness. What about that fear? i talked to somebody today that, that Jesus wants you to have a triumphal entry, that he's going to come to the temple. Well, the Bible says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Where's the triumphal entry coming? It's coming right to you. And when Jesus gets to you, is there some stuff in there he needs to turn over? Come on now. You say, Pastor, man, I just need to, I just need to let it go. Yes, you do, and so do I. Don't we all? Don't we all need to just say, you know what? Turn over the money changers in my heart. Let that, let that pain go. Let that pride go. Let that hurt go. Let that malice go. Jesus, save now! Save now! Several years ago, I've done this several times, but the first time I ever really remember doing it, I, I was in my office. My office is right out here. And I was in my office and I was just so eat up with the particular thing that was happening and people that were that were hurting me, and I I was just in a whirlwind of confusion. And I realized after several days of sitting in that that I was that I was just I was just stuck, like I was in quicksand. I was sinking in this. I picked myself up out of my desk. I walked to our bathroom in there, and there's a mirror over a bowl sink, and I I put my hands on the edges of that bowl sink and I looked at myself in the mirror just as close as I could get. I looked right into my own eyes and as I was staring at myself, for more than a minute past, and I finally just said, you've got to get over it. Just get over it. That's a hard conversation to have with yourself. What I really needed was for Jesus to ride in triumphantly. For me to have a Palm Sunday in that circumstance. For Jesus to come in and come to the temple. Let me herald you into the temple. Hosanna! Save now! So that when he got there, he could take that hurt. And he could say, no, that hurts. Let's, let's get that hurt on out of here. And That anger you're feeling. Let's get that anger on out of here. Let's just get it on out of here. And that abuse. That abuse. Let's just... Let's just, get, let's just move that on out of here. Fear, that depression, that worry, that anxiety. Let's just, let's just get that on out of here because, because this is a Hosanna moment. I've come to save now. But then look at the 14th verse. It says, The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. This was what's so amazing to me is that it specifically references those two things the blind and the lame. Doesn't reference anybody else, just the blind and the lame. Well, the blind, they needed him to restore their sight, and the lame, they needed him to restore their mobility. And isn't that exactly what we need to happen in our lives, in our Hosanna moment, for Jesus to ride in, to take some stuff out that needs to go, and then to give us a new perspective, to give us a new sight, a new way to look at things, a new way to look at life, and then to also give us our mobility back where we can say, I'm just moving on. I'm moving on. I'm just going to leave everything right there in, in this Hosanna moment. Jesus Christ has come to save now and I've got my sight back and I've got my mobility back God wants to do that for you today that's what Hosanna is all about for us on this Palm Sunday as we celebrate the triumphal entry of Christ would you stand with me please I want to invite our prayer partners forward. If you are here today and you need prayer concerning anything in your life, there are prayer partners here that are eager to pray with you and to believe God to work miracles for you in your life. And while they're coming, let me pray a collective prayer. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that your miraculous entry would be upon us in this house, that you would bless that you would save, that you would heal. That even right now as I'm praying, somebody's making a decision in their life to turn their heart to you. And I pray right now that they would begin to confess you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray right now that they would begin to believe in their heart that God raised you from the dead for them. I thank you right now for the steps that we are taking in every life and in every heart. And I believe with all of my heart that miraculous things are transpiring. Would you keep your heads bowed just for a second? If you're here today, you say, you know what, Pastor, would you pray with me right now over specific areas of my life that I need I need a triumphal entry that Christ could save now? Would you just slip your hand up? I'm not going to call you forward. I'm just going to pray with you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Would you pray with me right now? Pray with me with all of your heart. Believe every word. Say, Jesus, I declare the Lordship of Christ right now over that circumstance. I thank you for saving me. I thank you that you were raised for me from the dead. And I believe right now that you have come to save. Deliver me now from every circumstance. Heal my heart, and I will give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen to that. Let's clap our hands and rejoice for what God is doing. Hosanna! All righty. If you have prayer, if you need prayer, have a prayer request. Please come forward. Otherwise, you may be dismissed. I say a great big.